What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K for a delayed post-game edition. Uh, just to give you some background real quick. Uh, this is the No Huddle Show, if you weren't aware, by the way. <laughs> but, oh. Just so you know. Just so you know. If you clicked on our podcast for some reason and don't know what you're listening to. Uh, so I, I actually wasn't at the game on Sunday. I did follow along. I read all of Mike's stories. Um, but I was covering the Giants-Bears game. So we both were saddled with some very poor football game. Like, I don't even call that Bears-Giants game a football game. It was so bad. Um, I won't talk about that too much, but the Giants are bad. Uh, so are the Bears. If you So that Eagles win over the Bears doesn't look as amazing in retrospect as I would say. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot to take in, a lot of big picture stuff to think about. I think the biggest thing, and we probably should just get into this right away, is Carson Wentz. Um, you know, he obviously has taken a lot of criticism. We both have covered how some of it's unfair, some of it's fair. There's, like, a lot of extremes. Like, there's no... There's no bones about it. Like, this was just an awful performance. I know some have debated whether this or the Saints game last year was worse. You probably have to say this one is worse just because this game was actually close. So if he doesn't turn the ball over four times, they probably win the game, right? Yeah. They were there. Like, I feel like that's a safe thing to say, right? It's easily a top, bottom three performance of his career. I think the only game that maybe was worse was the Bengals game as a rookie season. Like, this was... was When you factor in, like, context, though, yeah. Yeah, this was... uh... This was something else. Like, he was incredibly inaccurate in the first half. Like, the numbers... If you watch this game on your phone, or, or if you watch just the, the box score, you have no idea what happened. Because this was one where the stats don't really match up. He completed 73.3% of his passes, but he also only threw for 5.7 yards per attempt. So... He was dumping a lot of passes off towards the end of that game. He got a little hot towards the end when he came back from his hand injury, but... The first half was atrocious. Yeah, like, he has a hand injury now, by the way. <laughs> right. Oh, by the way. Um, he says he's fine, though. The x-rays yeah. were negative. He's going to undergo some more tests later in the week. We'll get into that I'm a little sure bit Doug later. will say nothing today. Right. <laughs> but, uh, no, you know, everybody wants to say, you know, he was without his top two wide receivers. He was without two of his top linemen for most of the game. He was without his top running back. And that's fine, but there were opportunities to make plays in that game. He missed a wide-open Miles Sanders in the red zone. He overthrew Zach Ertz. He overthrew Jordan Matthews. He overthrew J.J. Sigal-Whiteside. He just was not accurate. Did he have one or two interceptions? Two. Two. So what what, what happened on those? One, he basically threw to a well-covered, I believe it was Zach Ertz. It was to one of the tight ends, and it was picked picked off by Bradley McDougal. Um, and then he had another one, um, I'm trying to, yeah, my brain is yeah, kind of... It was of, a while ago at this point. But yeah. I mean, the, like, the point being, they were, they were bad throws, and then he also has had that fumbling issue mm-hmm. also, his whole career, actually. But yeah, the fumbling the issue... that it hasn't gotten better is, like, a problem. So, a lot of people will say, you know, it's not his fault that he's sacked sometimes, yeah. but it's a matter of pocket awareness, yeah. and, and he... And, and, and people, sorry to cut you off, but, like, people who say that, like, he's second in the NFL since 2016 in fumbles, like, just... Be, it's more than the offensive line. Like no other quarterback besides Jameis Winston has fumbled it more. So it's he 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 shoulders some of that responsibility. Well, and I think if you look at the numbers, how good his offensive line's been, he's probably sacked a lot less than Jameis is. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of other quarterbacks, it comes down to pocket awareness. Um, he just is not held on to the ball well. Now, one of his fumbles came on a um, botched handoff to Miles Sanders. Which Miles, is a play I'm sure we have to talk about. Right, Miles right. Sanders. Um, Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz both said that it was a new play in the playbook. There was some confusion. <laughs> Why are they doing it? Uh, Miles Sanders took some blame for it after the game. It was Carson, a delayed handoff, basically, right? 
Yeah, in theory, but like it looked like it looked like Miles took a wrong angle to it, and I, they both still, but like so they were what they needed like what a, a yard or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was third and, and one. So you're, you're doing, one. But so you're doing a play where like he has to go far to get to the line of scrimmage, and like just the I, I just like don't understand the thought prop. And it's a new play, and you're running into the right side where you have two backups playing. Matt Pryor and Vitae, who have, I don't know how Pryor played, but I know Vitae played very poorly. Pryor was okay. Well, all things considered. Well, all things considered. Um, and it's like, Doug has made a lot of like strange calls like that this year. and I, He gets cute. He gets yeah. cute. I mean, it's 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 been a problem, and they lack imagination. And, yes. and the cute plays aren't like necessarily brilliant plays. They're just like... <laughs> it's hard to explain like in a way that you're not mocking him, but it it's like... You know, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense, to be honest. I, I, I'm really surprised by his lack of originality when it comes to short yardage plays. And you know what? J.H.I. came in and, and had two really good runs, and then they got away from him, and then he struggled because they tried to be a little bit more creative. Miles Sanders, you'll see that he ran for 63 yards on 12 carries. That's terrific because it's a 5.3 yards per, yeah. per carry mark. That said, during the first half of the game, it was a lot like Carson Wentz, where he was, he was like kind of, uh, you know, moving around and bobbing and weaving, and he, he left a lot of yardage side instead of north to south. Right, he left a lot of yardage out there. Like I think he realistically could have ran for over a hundred yards in this game. His defense isn't good, by the way, which is like the most alarming part about it. Right, but like Sanders caught some some fire in the third and fourth quarter, and that's what helped his stats. But like. Overall, I just wasn't really impressed by him or Wentz, and I think they shoulder a lot yeah. of the blame for this. So, so let's, let's talk about Wentz a little bit. So, it's two straight games that he's been bad. I, I know, you know, you have to factor in that he doesn't have all the guys. I get that. But, at, at like, over the last five games, like, how, if he doesn't get better over the last five games, how concerned are you about the future of this team going into the offseason? Like, if, like, if he keeps playing, like, it looks like it's a confidence issue now. Like, if mm-hmm. he's inaccurate, he's... You know his his like decision making. He's like questioning himself. It seems like when he's out there, like if if that continues for the last five games, like what confidence is this? Because their their entire future is built around him. Like they, they gave him that contract. They need him to be the guy. And if he's not, then I don't I don't know what they do. Yeah, I mean, not great, I not know, great. Um, you've seen the Redskins defense, right? You've seen yeah. the Giants defense, right? Yes. You've seen the Cowboys oh, defense, see, right? This, you yeah. you've the seen Dolphins, the yeah. Dolphins, right? Like. If he can't play well against those teams, I think there's a legitimate problem. Um, look, he's going to face a quartet of matchups against teams that are currently 2-9. and nine. And then he's going to face a Cowboys team that played well defensively but against only the... only played well against the Eagles, basically. Well, they played, the defense played well against the Patriots. Uh, yeah, 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 um, even though the Patriots probably should have won by... You know, the ten points. Had a lot of the injured, like all the receivers were injured. Right, and they missed two field goals. So, yeah. like ten points. Well, the NFL's a weird league. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, you know, I just kind of think <clears throat> Carson. We can talk about everything around Carson that's not going well, but we can also say that, you know, hey, he's had opportunities, and I think when you have opportunities against bad defenses, you have to take advantage. I don't think the Seahawks are a bad defense. I think they're a mediocre defense. They're like a middling defense, if that's fair. Uh, the Patriots are obviously a very good defense. Um, they just haven't been able to get anything done. And it it you brought up the confidence issue, and I think that's a great point. I think his 
he's regressed mentally. Um, in terms of like his processing and all that right. stuff. Right. Yeah. And it's not the product of him. It's the product of the fact that nobody can catch passes. It's the product of, hey, you, car- you target Zach Ertz too much. It's the product of... All of it, yeah. Hey, they can't supplement the offense because Howie Roseman won't, you know, forgot where the pedal was. You know what I mean? The guy's whole thing was, we're not going to take our foot off the pedal. They haven't done anything for the offense outside of signing Jordan Matthews. This has been an utter failure as far as cultivating chemistry on offense. And um, it began with trading for Golden Tate. Look, I know... Yeah, ever since then. Yeah, yeah I... I, I, look, I know Nick Foles went on that run. Nick Foles has been terrible in Jacksonville. Yeah. We, that needs to be said. He's been terrible. Um, and he had some bad games during that stretch yeah. that a lot of and people... He had some bad games in 2017. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like... Well, in both... Yeah, in both years. Both yeah, years. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't been perfect. Bringing Golden Tate into this ecosystem and then choosing Nelson Aguilar over him is the root of this issue. And it's not that, hey, you they should have signed Tate over over uh, keeping Aguilar. That's not the case. It's they were so good at figuring out fits in 2017 that when they brought in somebody in 2018 and didn't know what to do with him, that became a problem. And if you want to point to Frank Reich as being a guy who understands the offense and understands how to cultivate chemistry within the group, not just at the quarterback position, um, I think that's valid. Uh, Mike Grow is essentially the passing game coordinator, Doug Peterson admitted the other day. Not a great look. Now you can finally really, like, genuinely throw hammers at him because this passing game has been so unimaginative. Uh, They did a lot of pre-snap motion, which worked in the first half against the Patriots game. It did not work all that well against Seattle, and they never super adjusted to it. we can talk about them missing Nelson Aguilar and, and Alshon Jeffrey. Guess what? They've been terrible on offense yeah. with the two of them. The receivers look... JJ and Greg Ward look better than they have in weeks. We can talk about them missing their best two offensive linemen, Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks. Well, their record was 5-5 five and five with them. So, yeah, uh, I mean... So, this, I kind of, you kind of are talking about what I wanted to talk about. And I think it's something that... I don't know if it's flown under the radar, but I think it's their biggest problem, even bigger than Howie or Carson... It's the offensive coaches have just not done a good job of developing their players or or putting them in positions to succeed since 2017. Like I was thinking about it, who has gotten better since 2017 on offense? You could say Isaac Sayamalo and Brandon Brooks, and that's all Jeff Stoutland. Other than that, who? Yeah, I think Jeff Stoutland's easily the best coach. Yeah, on this but, and so he's like separate from because Doug coaches up everybody else pretty much. Right. Right? Like he's not coaching the offensive linemen. Yeah, I mean, um, I th- so so I think a lot of this falls on Doug. You know, they, you know. Carson doesn't like leave. They don't roll him out of the pocket at all. Mm-hmm. And he's good at that. Like I, I don't. Um, and I don't. I, I don't know if this. I don't. This is different than the Chip Kelly situation, but it does feel like other teams have just solved Doug, and he's like having trouble adjusting. Yeah, I mean, we've had back to back week picture. Like within games, sometimes he's good, but like overall, I, I don't know if he is anymore. We've had back to back weeks where <clears throat> opposing defenses have said, "Hey, we know it's coming." You know, there's the guy in the last night. Yeah, Seahawks. Who, yeah, Seahawks. Uh, I forget who it was that said it. Basically said, that, oh, KJ Wright. He said that they were calling out Eagles plays before they were coming. Right. and like, it, That shows a lack of cre- – I know they're limited by the players they have, but like you can only use that excuse so many weeks. Right, and when you have the only – look, so they're without five notable players. Only one notable uh, – only one replacement stood, you know, really stood out in that game, and it was Greg Ward. 
And that's a low bar because Greg Ward only had six catches for 40 yards. By the way, one one more criticism I wanted to levy that I just forgot was it looks even worse that they put Andre Dillard at right tackle at all. Like, yes. he was not ready for it. Yeah, I mean, I look, I, I admit it. I was in favor of it just because of how it helped Talented, you from, and yeah. from a talent and versatility standpoint. Just was not, they should have seen this in practice. Like, there's no right, way right. We don't get to see yeah. practice, so I don't really. Um, Vita, I know Vital wasn't good, but you should have had him in there from the beginning. We brought up Brandon Brooks leaving the game. We should acknowledge. Yes. Uh, he acknowledged this mo- on Monday that um, he had a setback with his anxiety disorder. Just throwing up. He was throwing up a lot. The nausea just didn't settle. Um, Listen, this guy is like an absolute role model for anybody who has anxiety disorder. I mean, he's somebody, talking about it. Like, yeah, I mean, as somebody who's dealt with anxiety their entire life, I can tell you I could never imagine being in the situation that he's been in. Um, and he's the best right guard in football. Like, yeah. it's not even close. So, Well, well that, his whole thing is that it's because he, like, expects perfection out of himself. And I know last week he didn't have his best game, so, like, it's possible. I mean, his, his and Lane Johnson is his best friend on the team. I know he's been there for him. And Lane wasn't even allowed to be in the stadium on Sunday. Cause I didn't, I didn't I actually didn't realize that was part of the concussion mm-hmm. protocol. That you're not allowed to be on the sideline. Right. Yeah. You're going to be in a booth. I mean, so, I mean, I'm not going to try and diagnose it, but I, it's like, you, you don't blame him at all. I don't think anybody blames him for leaving the game. No. And, um, and, and, and credit to the Eagles. They yeah. take this very seriously. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but you know, I mean, I, I imagine he'll be back next week. Who knows? But I imagine he'll be back for, the Dolphins, they don't need them against the Dolphins. I mean, yeah, they do. This, yeah, they, this offensive yeah, line that's is true. They, they can't take away anybody from this team. So, right now, but, so but let me say this. But the point uh, being, yeah. yeah, let me say this. Um, think about it. You've got to pick up the the load for a rookie who doesn't really know what he's doing at right. I mean, they struggled almost immediately, and I think you know, as the guy who's an All Pro, as the guy who has only given up one sack this entire season, like. He, there was a lot of pressure on him to perform in this game. Like, this was, I mean, he didn't have his safety net in, in lane, who it, who is well-documented, has been a huge, huge, uh, you know, supporter of his during his anxiety battles. And I, I just think it's, you know, it, it wasn't an ideal situation for him. I can't blame him for feeling the way that he did. I'm not going to say he suffered the anxiety attack because he had to play next to Andre Dillard, but... You know, there are a lot of optics there and a lot of pressure on him in this game. And uh, they did miss him pretty significantly. Um, You know, Big V came in and struggled almost immediately at right guard. Uh, They made an adjustment at halftime, benched Andre Dillard. Um, Vitae moved out to right tackle, and they brought in Matt Pryor. Um, As you mentioned, well, as you mentioned, but um, Pryor... Pryor was actually kind of okay. I was like, saying, notably, after the game, I saw that Jason Peters said he'd be willing to move to right tackle if it mm-hmm. came to it. And he said he would talk to the coaches about that. That might be their best form of action if Lane is out again, because then you could put Dillard at left tackle, where he's been pretty good this year, actually. Hopefully this isn't like a mental setback, because when you struggle, you know, it can be. So that's, Pete, why, it, that's why that was a particularly egregious mistake, I think, in retrospect. You know, in the moment, it kind of made some sense, I guess. But I th- I, the idea of moving Peters right, like he'd be more likely to handle it then, and he's played some right tackle in his career, I believe. Yeah, too. he did in Buffalo, but that'd be interesting. The only thing that I worry about is Peterson has said that Peters is so entrenched at that spot that's why they haven't moved him in the past. John Clark from uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia said that Layton's supposed to be back that's next good. week. So, um, I mean, concussions are weird though. So he's right, not, he's exactly. Not out of protocol, he's like Sterling <laughs> Shepard on the Giants was cleared of protocol. On a fr- uh, Friday, 
And then by Sunday, they had a Monday night game. He was feeling symptoms again, and he went back into the protocol mm-hmm. and missed three more weeks. So, like, the weird things happen with head injuries. Yeah, and I'll say this. Look, I don't fault the staff for 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 the Andre Dillard thing. It was a clear mistake. Yeah. But think about it this way, okay? If Vitae starts at right tackle, Andre Dill and, and Brandon Brooks leaves, right? So they're, they're forced to move Matt Pryor in there, and then you have a left tackle that can't play any other positions. Yeah. So, like, giving him the practice, it set you up to where, yeah, if he struggles, you have Baitai to fill in for him. But the other way around, it's kind of hard to put Dillard in that position when he's never practiced at right tackle. So not only does he not have a week of practice to kind of adjust, but, you know, so they were kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't in that situation. And... The reason why you'd fault them, if you did fault them, is that they didn't cross-train him earlier in the season. Yeah, and I that, think that's, that's the thing. part you of the issue. Fi- you threw him into the water in the middle of the week, basically. But, uh, you know, another criticism, and I know this is like a popular one on Twitter because this guy has become such a popular why-don't-they-play-him guy, um, and that's Greg Ward. You know, I, I, I think it's easy to be hyperbolic with this. I don't think he they would have won, like, three more games if they had played him all season. Mm-hmm. But just seeing him get six catches, which Matt Collins... And J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and even Nelson Aguilar have been unable to do all year. So clearly there's something just right there that he has with Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this guy not on the roster all year? And why is he not playing over Matt Collins? Like, it just looks... It almost was worse that they played him this weekend. He played so well. Because, like, it, it just... Like, it, it dumbfounds me. That, that's on the, like that's not like Howie Roseman's dealing with the practice squad, right? That's a Doug Peterson decision. Well, I think both of them okay, do together, have to say. But like, but, like, if Doug sees something in practice, then he could be like, all right, let's call Greg up. Yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, Greg seemed like the obvious guy to bring up um, because he's been around for yeah. three years, but like, man, I mean, it's just the optics of J.J. Arcega Whiteside now averaging over 17 yards yeah, per catch. Yeah, pretty good, I think. Yeah, I mean, and in, in big situations, he yeah. made a catch that Still set like up. targeted that much, but yeah. Right, but he made a great catch yeah. towards the sideline that set up their, their only touchdown of the game. And then the week before, he had that long uh, catch late in the game. You know, he's... They're in those two positions, they put him in position to play like he did at Sanford. Go up to the ball, show athleticism in that regard. He's not going to beat anybody deep, but, you know, he can win one-on-one battles. And I talked to him after the game, and he said, you know, when Carson told him the route concept that they wanted him to run, he knew he was throwing to him because, oh boy, this is like what I did in college. Like, this is like the perfect play for me. You guys might hear my dog drinking water in the background right now. Listen, <laughs> he drinks really loud. <laughs> you got to stay hydrated. Believe me, I know. I haven't had anything to drink all morning. Yeah. Um, you should, probably should before you go ahead. I'm going to give you some trip beverages to leave with. Sweet. <laughs> sweet. Actually, yeah. Uh, we'll figure that out. Riding uh, solo. <laughs> it's the time. Uh, but, yeah, so... So we should say on the positive side, the defense again like did its job at the very like I, I, it wasn't maybe as good of a performance as the week before like the, like you meant you were talking to me before the podcast like they had a lot of like drops and wide open plays that Russell Wilson just gonna make it sounds like Jalen Mills didn't have as good of a game this week yeah. but they still held another team what was, what was the final score it was seventeen and nine another team below twenty points two. well so they've held. All four of their last opponents under yeah, 17 points. But they lost the last two. <laughs> right. And that's a very big issue. Yes. Uh, I spoke to Malcolm Jenkins after the game, and Jenkins said that they need... That, that quote was so interesting to me. What? The, 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 the one about just, just get a kick. Like, the fact that they're... Yeah, like, they're... But, so he basically... Sorry to cut you off and, like, <laughs> just take your line, but... His quote was essentially, like, 
the offense should be happy if they end up driving a in a field goal or a punt because it's not a turnover. It's just, like they're right, they're, yeah. Like it's it's kind of the sad state of affairs that this offense all, right now it's just like just don't turn it over. That's our plan. Don't turn it over. Like <laughs> that's where they're at right now. Well, I, and I think Malcolm is trying to say put the pressure on us. We know that you guys are banged up. You guys have carried us when the defense has been yeah. banged up in the past. Um, I actually thought it was very diplomatic because yeah. he really had a solid game and, um, yeah, Malcolm did right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's easy to be frustrated there. Brandon Graham said the same thing. You know, you try not to be frustrated. Like they know lanes coming back. They know that they have five more games to play really in the grand scheme of things. I hate to say this loss doesn't matter because it does, but with the Cowboys losing to the Patriots, like really this is like a control your own destiny thing because if they win all five of their next games, they well, Chip get Kelly it. would say uh, destiny is predetermined already. So Chip Kelly <laughs> is like also it. a pretty terrible coach, but, um, <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> uh, Hey, maybe, maybe he'll become a, um, you know, one of those card readers after his uh, coaching career. Ends. Yeah. <laughs> um, fortune teller. Yeah. So, Again, what I'll say is this. I think this defense is feeling very confident. Um, we've said it before. Even though Jalen Mills uh, had a couple of down moments in this game, this defense has played significantly better since he and Ronald Darby returned. Uh, I actually thought Nigel Bradham played relatively well outside of giving up the 58-yard uh, rushing touchdown uh, in the uh, fourth uh, fourth quarter. Um, I think overall, this defense is getting back to where it needs to be, obviously, um, they have a group of players that knows the defense has been around. There's really no new faces. If you really look at it, no new faces in the secondary, everybody at linebacker has been around. The defensive line has pretty much been the same, uh, for the last two years. So like you have a lot of experience and you've got guys healthy again. And I think that that benefits you down the stretch because you've been in those battles before. On offense, it's the other way around, right? I mean, you know, you've got some new faces. Matt Pryor played his first legit offensive snaps this past game. Like, you're kind of just trying to figure it out. So if the defense has to make plays for you, that's just what it is. Like, I mean, if the defense scored in this game, I actually think they win it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, Russell Wilson isn't a turnover-prone guy, and he threw an interception. They sacked him six times. They hit him 10 times. Like, the defense did a really good job. I think Jim Schwartz is coaching very, very well. I know there are some people that speculated that he was coaching for his job during the second half of the season. I don't see that at all. I think he... If that was true, he's, he's fine now. Well, yeah, he's knocking it out of the park. Um, this offense just needs to do something. And I think if Jordan Howard can return in the next couple of weeks, they're going to be in really great shape. Uh, I don't think Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar matter as much as people want to want to say things. Um Having Lane Johnson will definitely help. Having Brandon Brooks will definitely help. People need to get over the whole wide receiver thing because that's not changing. It's not like yeah, this it, is who they have. This is who they have, and they, they've got to make do with it. And they could have altered it during the trade deadline, but you know it just didn't happen. So, as we see right now, like, do you think Mike Rowe is fired this offseason? Do they make the playoffs? I mean, I don't think they do. I don't know. I just kind of feel like this team is one of those teams that just like just kind of gets in. And then yeah, just safe. Yeah, yeah, and I then they get buddy, killed at home in the in the. Yeah, because who who would they play? They would probably they'd either play, play the Vikings, the Saints, I think, or uh, the, no, no, the 
Vikings or the. <coughs> Excuse me. Dying over there. Yeah, man. It's been a rough <laughs> couple of days. Um, I think, yeah, I think it would be the Vikings or so, somebody else. So, okay, so the Eagles would be four. So they'll play, yeah, either Vikings or Seahawks and Vikings are like the clear five and six right now. I think they could beat the Seahawks. Um, I don't, they can beat the Vikings if Kirk Cousins has a Kirk Cousins game. <laughs> but like, again, he hasn't really had a Kirk Cousins game. Yeah, since Zach Brown talks Mac. <laughs> right. Um, and remember, the Vikings yeah, beat them yeah, last he's year. He's pretty like locked in. At, so it's pretty much the... The Cowboys division is the only thing that's pretty open. Right, right now. yeah. I mean, it's so Cowboys. The Rams are like, I mean, they're two games behind the wild card, and they're not in the division race. So that's actually, and they're six and four. So they right. have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Rams right now. And I said that after the Ramsey after trade. Ramsey, yeah. um, well, but as he, of right now, the Eagles' pick is worse than the, than the Rams. One right. Though, yeah. But what's interesting is the Cowboys play the Rams. Yeah, they do. Um, that's a good point. Uh, and that doesn't really matter in common opponents. And I don't even know if it really gives the Eagles wiggle room because the Eagles have to beat all their division rivals because right now Dallas is 4-0 in the division. Um, they have a Week 17 matchup against the Redskins that they're definitely going to win. Um, they play the Bills and Bears coming up, and those are two games the Eagles won. So if the Cowboys lose either of them, that's good for the Eagles. Right. The, so common opponent. Zach's talking about common yeah, opponents. That's the second tiebreaker. Right. Um, right now, uh, the Cowboys are 4-4 four and four in common opponents, while the Eagles are 5-3. and three, So they have a one-game advantage. Um, <clears throat> that said, while the Cowboys can continue to lose, unless they lose two games, the Eagles really have to win out. Yeah, uh, because the Dolphins are a common opponent, and then obviously all the the division games that they have yeah, are they common have to op- win all their division games in order to right because the, the Cowboys are four zero. Yeah. Right. So if that said, if one one if though, Dallas yeah. loses to Los Angeles and to um, if they lose to Los Angeles and they lose to uh, the Bills on Thanksgiving, right? Those are also com- the Bills are a common opponent. Um, they could, the Eagles could stand to lose to the Dolphins. That said, if they lose to the Dolphins, you can pretty <laughs> much over. throw. Yeah, it's over. Um, and that, and also, and I've said this before. Like, there's no reason to think the Eagles would win five games in a row, other than people just looking at the schedule and saying, "Oh, those games aren't so bad." Right. I mean, keep in mind, the Giants are two and nine. They play them twice. The Redskins are two and nine. They play them once, and then they play the two and nine Dolphins, who don't seem like they can beat anyone outside of bad teams. Are the Eagles a bad team? Well, we're about to find out. Um, so, yeah, realistically, the Eagles have to go ten and six to win this division. The Cowboys can go nine and seven in theory. Uh, Do you actually think the Eagles will go that? Uh, ask me after the Dolphins game because if they lose, I mean, well, here's the thing, like. If they, so, but if they win that game, that's still yeah, gonna like change your right, opinion. Though. Well, no, it will. They have to beat the Dolphins by two touchdowns. Yeah, okay, like this saying, has to be like how they beat them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I got to see how they they do. I'm not ready to rule them out yet. Um, they should <clears> just <throat> air it out and hope that Carson went, get, it gets Carson Wentz's confidence back. Just throw it a lot. I've said this uh, the last two weeks. The Cowboys have played very sloppy football over the last since coming back from the bye. They do not look like the same team that they Jerry were. Jones was a was a sad old man last night. <laughs> Or angry old man. Yeah, he was, and and I do wonder if they lose another one if it, if the wheels really fall off because the defense isn't good and the offense that has normally been good has not really been able to put up a lot of points. By the way, the positives of if the Cowboys finally moved on from Jason Garrett is that he might just go down the, down the street in the division to the to the Giants. So, 
What a world. The NFL is so funny how they just like shuffle the same guys over and over again. Well, in in theory, there aren't a lot of really great candidates. You can talk about, you know, Rule and um, who's the other notable college? Oh, um, Oh, uh, Lincoln Lincoln Riley. Yeah. I I see Mike, I see Giants fans pulling for Mike McCarthy a lot, but he was good because of Aaron Rodgers. Not he didn't. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I would. Yeah, that's whew, that's an interesting one. <laughs> I, know, oh. I see a lot of comments on the on our page. Also, Whatever. remember, it's tough to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. It just doesn't really happen. So, <laughs> well, a team we're not going to talk too much about the Giants, but like a team like that should find like someone in the middle between a, a complete rookie coach and a veteran coach, like someone who's a smart offensive mind. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, so. You know, the Eagles have what should be an easy game on Sunday. I'm excited to go to Miami for the first time. Oh, this is uh, your first time ever going? First time ever. I've been in the airport. Uh, oh, that airport's I weird, terrible. I had a weird layover there one time. Uh, Every layover there is weird to be there. <laughs> but it was like 75 degrees there the other day. I'm just very much looking forward to that. It'd be nice to just, like, have a positive, like, blowout win for the Eagles, which just yeah. never happens anymore. <laughs> And it coincides with my first mock draft of the season. Oh, is yours coming out next uh, week? M- next Monday. Have Super you working on that? Not yet. That <laughs> should be fun. That's coming later in December. Yeah, you always luck out. By the way, Thanksgiving coming this week. It is. If we don't get, we're going to try and get a pod before that, but if we don't, have a great turkey day. Yeah, it's yeah, great yeah. Holiday. It's one of my favorite holidays for sure. Yeah, uh, so, hot take, I'm not a huge fan of turkey. You're not, oh, not a huge fan of I thought you were going to say the holiday. Oh, no. I mean, I just like... It, a lot of the food doesn't like really... So you like all the other dishes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I love all the sides. Like, like, all right, so at least you're not a monster. Right. I'm not a monster. See, I, don't, I don't like stuffing, which we, I know is people get, get passionate about. Yeah, I'm about, not either. I'm not a huge stuffing guy. We go. We typically go to like a steakhouse or something because yeah, like I'm like a big steak guy. Anyway, tradition is tradition. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, so we'll... we'll <laughs> excuse we, me. We can wrap up on that note. I'm, you got to get a press conference. I had some. I still have to help a little bit on Giants before the Dolphins game, but uh, we'll end on that note. Let us know what you're thinking about the team right now. Comment on our on our on our podcast. Write us a review. We'll read them on the next show. Sorry we uh, took so long to get you guys this one, but we're gonna have a post game pod next week. And if it, they lose, it'll be an even more negative one than this. <laughs> hey, <laughs> man! If they lose that game, that'd be oh bad. man, that'd be a tough that'd be tough sledding. <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll end on that note. Uh, have a good one. Thank you.